The American Recovery and Reinvestment Act ensured that all healthcare providers are using electronic medical record systems. Unfortunately, huge flaws emerged immediately that have impaired clinical operations and revenue cycles. The quality of data flowing into the EMRs is seriously poor. The EMRs don't talk to each other, and when they do, record matching fails regularly. The Velocity Interoperability Podcast will take you to the intersection of interoperability, data quality, and medical record remediation, and bring you the innovators that address these flaws. So sit back and enjoy as we tell the story of another health IT innovator. Welcome to the Velocity Interoperability Podcast brought to us by the Gurus at Velocity. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to another thought-provoking discussion where we'll further investigate data quality, interoperability, and medical record remediation. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Lorraine Fernandez, Principal of Fernandez Healthcare Insights. Lorraine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Well, thanks so much for making the time today. Before we start a discussion, could you take a minute or two and tell the audience about you and your background? Oh, I'd be delighted to, Jill. So I hail from Northern California right now. As you've heard Joe say, my name is Lorraine Fernandez. I am the founder and principal of Fernandez Healthcare Insights, but many of you listening to this podcast will know me from my days of patient and provider identification consulting services and industry insight when I worked at IBM, when I worked at Initiate Systems, and when I was a consultant earlier on in my career. So I've spent, sad to say, probably the last 20-plus years focusing more and more on the challenges of interoperability as it relates to patient and provider identification and really building the governance around those two foundational issues. Great. Lorraine, let's start here, kind of foundational element. What is patient matching, and why is this such a hot topic in today's healthcare market? Good question, Joe. And it's kind of like it's back to the basics. Let's start at the beginning or however you want to coin that. As I said in my intro, I've spent over 20 years focusing more and more on this issue So obviously, it's still an issue, and it's an issue that's even more important today than it was 20 years ago, because we are trying to discern in patient matching who is Lorraine Fernandez, my name ends in an S, who is Lorraine Fernandez, thinking my name may end in a Z, or my maiden name of Lorraine Grunewald, I'm a good German from the Midwest, have lots of variation in the demographics that describe me and obviously across healthcare systems in the US where I've been a patient or a consumer, I have different demographics. So it's the bottom line challenge of who is Lorraine as I've been known across health systems and the challenge of connecting all of my data in order to serve my care needs today and perhaps tied to reimbursement, tied to research, tied to care coordination. Outstanding. And so we've got the baseline. What is the state of patient matching in today's healthcare ecosystem? So today I would say that while we are doing 
somewhat better in patient matching than what we did 10 or 20 years ago. It is still a significant challenge with some very dismal areas in some parts of the healthcare ecosystem for matching up Lorraine's data. And whether the organization is attempting to match data based upon a bite-for-bite character match, which sadly some organizations still are, many organizations are using sophisticated probabilistic likelihood ratio, different types of patient matching, and complex computer algorithms. But despite all of that effort and the human effort, the state today is that we probably still have in any given healthcare organization, if not tens of thousands of records that can't be matched. In many organizations, you will see hundreds of thousands. I've even heard of millions of records that can't be matched because the organization doesn't have a comprehensive strategy to address the issue. Mm, That creates problems, lots of problems. I'm sure we'll talk about them. What has traditionally been used to solve those problems, to match those records, and are those traditional methods enough? So traditionally, what you saw, let's say, 20 years ago, because as I said, I've been addressing this for longer than 20 years, you saw that character-by-character, bite-by-bite match, which probably only links 40, maybe 50% of the records that are out there. Then organizations moved to using the algorithms to do the matching, which improved it significantly, probably in the 80 to 90% world. Along that way, when you talk about what's traditionally been done, in most organizations of multi-hospital systems, let's say, there will be individuals or teams responsible for resolving those tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of records that can't be linked. So I think to sum it up, Joe, you'd say there's some computer science involved, human labor involved, and traditionally what's lacked, sadly, but you're seeing a lot more of today, is really tying the governance around this and understanding it's not just one thing or the other, it's the classic people process and technology. Back to school, Joe. Back to school. Lorraine, why is this so important in today's healthcare environment? So, Joe, we live in an era now very different than 10 or 20 years ago. 10 or 20 years ago, data sat in silos, sadly, and you didn't see data freely exchanged across health systems, across health information exchanges, across from payer to provider. So some of the key initiatives that use this patient identifier data and those matched records are going to include initiatives like value-based reimbursement and being able to link Lorraine Fernand's data across the systems where I've had care is going to impact reimbursement today and probably even more greater to a greater extent tomorrow being able to share my records for care coordination has a much greater emphasis than what it did in the past, and you're going to have to be able to match my records so that the care team has access to all of my records. 
there's things like disease registries that may be standalone or may be part of a population health strategy. So again, being able to link my records within a healthcare system or across healthcare systems may be important to that disease registry, obviously to population health and targeting who needs extra time and attention and resources to ensure better care and more cost-effective care, you might say. And then I think the last point I drive home there is that consumer engagement strategy, that patient engagement strategy, we're exposing a lot of data to the patient themselves today and to the clinical analytics around that patient. So from a privacy and security perspective, as well as a consumer engagement and a member engagement strategy, we want to make sure that when Lorraine Fernandez logs on to the patient portal, I'm truly seeing all of Lorraine Fernandez's data and only Lorraine Fernandez's data. So that's just a few examples of why it's so important today to put some time and attention and energy to truly developing a strategy and then executing a solution approach to patient matching. We've talked a little bit on our show about a national healthcare identifier. Is it possible that that would help with this problem? I think I remind everyone that it might be one component of moving forward, but what's really needed is a solution approach, not just a national healthcare identifier, but a solution. Because even if you said tomorrow or two years from tomorrow, you're going to have a national healthcare identifier, there'd be a tremendous amount of retrofitting that would have to be done to log that into a patient record to ensure the accuracy of it, to build the fields, you probably won't be able to link it to historical data because of the cost of retrofitting. So it'd more likely be a this-day-forward approach, I think. But there certainly is a lot of dialogue going on around that, and it could be a part of the future solution and the strategy. But I don't think it's the silver bullet, and that's why I will always remind people you want a strategy that includes people, process, and technology. Outstanding. There's many parts of the problem that the identifier may not be the total solution for as well. What innovation can be applied to this ongoing challenge of eliminating duplicates? I think the innovation that's happening today and in what I'm seeing, particularly in the last two or three years, is I see what the CHIME Challenge is trying to do, for example, in saying, Let's think about the importance of this and let's put a different lens on it and see what comes out of that process. And we don't know what that process is. It's overdue now and coming to us, but we'll see what that says by the middle of 2017 is what I now understand. So what probably more importantly what I see happening is people addressing this in an innovative fashion with governance wrapped around it, that multi-stakeholder documented approach is thinking about how do I improve the quality of my data or how do I 
apply learning technology to these tens or hundreds of thousands of records that aren't resolved. So in the first case, how do I enhance data quality so that my records are more apt to match on that first pass when there's a patient encounter? People are using data services out there from a variety of sources to improve that quality of healthcare data with data you find in public databases, in credit bureaus, in other public domain files. And I've seen a number of case studies out there that have markedly improved the quality and therefore the data can automatically link. Then on the technology side, what I've seen in the last couple of years a lot more is the use of learning algorithms, neural networks, artificial intelligence, whatever you want to use for your term there. But really teaching a computer system to think like the human. And I have someone I talked to a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about how they improved their resolution so that they taught the algorithm to automatically resolve these records that weren't matching. You might call them ambiguous linkages or records below a clerical review threshold. So you teach the algorithm to think like the human, obviously through a lot of work sampling. And then the algorithm can quickly and cheaply resolve those rather simple records that couldn't be matched to begin with. And then you leave the very difficult stuff for the stewardship team that really has to apply a lot more discerning power, I guess you'd say, to that. So lots of innovation happening. I see every few months a new vendor coming up with a new approach and people using the technology and the data that is certainly beyond healthcare to apply innovation. Good deal. And I forgot to send you my crystal ball, but just imagine you have it there in front of you. What do you see the future holding the next couple of years? How are things going to evolve? I think people are going to become more aware of some work that ONC has done in this area in the last couple of years. We all know that in 2014, if you've spent time on this topic, ONC released a report that reviewed the state of this particular challenge, patient matching, and they talked about how to enhance data, how to standardize fields, how to work interoperability in this. And so I think one of the things we'll see is ONC's interoperability roadmap that was published about a year and a half ago now. People are going to begin using some of the metrics that are in that. And if you're not familiar with it, there's actually a component of this nationwide interoperability roadmap that says by 2017, obviously we're there, you have to be able to measure your error rate and it must be less than 2%. We hope people are there today. The reality is many, many organizations aren't. But I think what will really give people to pause and to accelerate what they're going to do in this crystal ball area is the fact that this ONC interoperability roadmap says you must be able to measure and demonstrate that you're less than one-half of 1% in an error rate by 2020. 
So 2020 is only three years away, and you have to be at one half of 1%. That's, I think, where people need to start to focus in order to get to that. And I think the other thing I'd add to that, Joe, because I have had people say to me, well, Lorraine, this is ONCs and their interoperability roadmap, and we all know we've had an election and the politics has changed. Does this really matter? I think it does, because this is a national benchmark that organizations can use, large, small, multidisciplinary university, I think any organization can grab onto this and say, I need to march to this beat to be able to meet this one half of 1% because there are other organizations. There will be health plans, I suspect, that are going to hold this up as a element that you must meet. There is the chance that other components of the federal health system could begin to really embrace this and say you've got to be at this one half of 1%. So even though it's ONC saying this about a little over a year ago, I see the commercial world picking up this baton, and I see public and private collaboratives picking up these types of metrics and say, okay, let's build the solution, because it really does require a solution. Let's build the solution to get to this one half of 1% by 2020. Outstanding. Lorraine, it was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your great wisdom with us today. Thank you much, Joe. Oh, well, thank you. Before we wrap our conversation, we want to thank the great folks at Velocity for sponsoring the show once again. Please go to www.velocityhealthinformatics.com to find out more about the innovative ways they're solving data quality and interoperability needs for their clients. And now, on behalf of our guest, Lorraine Fernandes, I'm Joe Lavelle. We'll be back soon with another informative episode of the Velocity Interoperability Podcast. See you then. The innovators at Velocity Health Informatics are focused on ensuring that your healthcare providers will access the correct patient record containing the right data every time. Guess what? This is not a given. Five to 10% of all medical records have duplicates and an even greater percentage have incorrect information. Don't we owe it to our patients to make sure that clinical errors are not made due to poor data quality and the lack of interoperability between their providers' EMRs? Velocity is the only innovator that can bring you health information as a service, which includes data quality, medical record remediation, and data integration as a service. And clients are raving about the results. Learn more now by going to www.velocityhealthinformatics.com.